and here we are in the Easter week that wasn't. I find myself with co-host Jonathan Bearded Blevins. Johnny boy, how are you, my friend? Oh boy, I'm doing great here talking to you on an Apple headset like a noob. Yeah, it's like you've never done the internet before. I don't know how to internet. I don't know how to <laughs> microphone. <laughs> so we tried this yesterday. And uh, and and you you sent your apologies to our guest uh, Lauren Montgomery today. We're excited to have her on the show. She'll be here with me during the second segment because you had to bail because you were having some tech difficulties. And you're like you do tech stuff like all the time. Like you have the best setup. You have a better setup than I do, and I have a great setup. I'm about to have an even better setup as well as Tyler's going to give me his even newer computer. So I'll have a dual PC setup. But yeah, I just had this issue with my microphone for a while and it was exposed on your podcast yesterday. So I'm very sad, but I'm a noob, bro. Don't be, don't be fooled by my cool tech stuff. It's all set up for me by friends. <laughs> Blevins exposed this week <laughs> on Forte Catholic. <laughs> Dude, I am the meme. I am the meme that's like, did you try turning it off and on again? Like, I always forget that it usually works. I know. I actually, I, I had to grovel to get to that point with you yesterday trying to fix this thing i was like have you tried turning it off and on yeah again? because then i have to get up and then i have to go get you know stand and then sit again it's just a lot of work yeah i mean and you know <laughs> nobody wants to be working i mean you haven't worked in three months you're not working you're not used to it i've worked two days in a row taylor it's very hard <laughs> two days in a row oh my god i never liked socialism until recently wait what that no did you say socializing? That would be much safer for you. At yes, this point. socializing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, boy. Well, that's how we're starting today's show. Uh, that actually started recording yesterday. And boy, if I was recording yesterday, we'd have some great uh, bonus content. But I wasn't. Uh, and you are very happy for that. But uh, we've got some great things to talk, to talk about this week. Uh, and you, you, like recently, you've just been bringing the takes, dude. Like, like I used to text you and you're like, I don't care at all. And now you're like, I've, you have a list of some of the most random things that you have takes on. And we're going to get to that. Uh, but the first thing that we do need to address is that it is Easter week, John. And yet there's no Easter. So I'm confused as to what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> is it Easter week or is it Holy Week? And is there a difference? I, I use them interchangeably. I guess technically East, Easter season starts Sunday. But you know what I mean. Holy Week, whatever. Okay. No, I'm just making sure that I don't, you know, start saying that and have, you know, Father Shrapa yell at me or something. Uh, but yeah, it really, it, it feels weird, man. And there are a thousand different online options for how you're going to spend your Holy Week. There are, there are, and 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 that's that is one of your takes. No, it's and not. No, 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 no. Yes, the it holy is. That, the Holy Week that wasn't Taylor, please. The Holy Week. No, no, no. no. Are, you, are you backing off of the takes that you sent me? No, I can't wait. It's fun. It's okay. Fun. It okay. is very so, weird. It's very weird though, because Triduum is my absolute favorite liturgy. It used to not be. It is now, and it is very sad and weird. So uh, yesterday. I got on with a live stream with the Catholic Bomb Co. guys. You know, the, I had commercials for them for, for years, and I use their product, and, and I love it. I got on with Tony Vicenda, the guy who, who, uh, who started yesterday. It's like a, a closed group for guys that, um, that use the Beard Bomb and want to like, grow in holiness too, right? Not just like, hey, we like Beard Bomb, but it's like, Yeah, hey. go ahead and add me to that. Continue. <laughs> sure, I will. So it's like, you know, how, how are we as, as guys with beards, how are we going to be better husbands and fathers just in general? And then now it's like uh, Tony's been doing this cool thing where he's like a lot of people are going live and talking and that sort of thing. Right. And I've, and I've done some of that. But it's like uh, what he's trying to do is like, how can we pray together with our families and how can we pray together as men? 
So I hopped on with him yesterday for about 30 minutes. And it was funny because he was like, okay, Taylor, can you join me to talk about like, what are you as, as the, as the leader of your household, the, the husband, the father, what are you doing to lead your family into this Holy week? And honestly, I was like, dude, I don't even know what day it is. Like, I didn't even know it was Holy week until you mentioned it, you know? And, uh, and I was at a loss for like what I was going to do. Like I knew I was going to pray stations of the cross. I'm doing that with my students on Friday. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's been cool the last week or so. Uh, we just got set up in Zoom to, you know, just like everybody else in the world. Um, and I've been meeting with my students, uh, talking with them, doing Bible studies with them, praying with them. That's been like really, really special in the midst of this time. But when it came to Holy Week, I didn't have any ideas. And Tony gave me some and I'll share those. But do you have any ideas for like, what are you guys doing for Holy Week as a family? Yeah, so uh, actually Father Kitar, and I'm actually going to forget his his name uh, besides Father Kitar on Twitter. Um, this awesome Vrazel. priest. Stephen Vrazel. Thank I you. That's the, I, I believe that's the pronunciation. You're good. Uh, he, he's a great dude. Great follow on Twitter. And um, I, I, he made a resource that, and I'm, I, 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 one of my takes is just being a little like jaded or not jaded is a wrong, way wrong word, inundated and annoyed with like all the people that are like putting content out. It's like content overload. Um, so I was skeptical when he was like, I'm doing something. Uh, and I clicked what he's doing and oh man, he put together this beautiful PDF of what to do Holy Thursday, Good Friday and Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday. And it is nuts, like like movie suggestions for your entire family, like going from cartoons like Prince of Egypt to, you know, the passion um, for each day and like meal ideas and um, what meals you should share, maybe what meals you shouldn't share, uh, how to have your kids fast on Friday, like all these really, this really good stuff as well as like some liturgy of the word um, stuff for, for the evenings. And so I will be following that pretty much to a T on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then I'm looking for, I heard there was a Legos stations of the cross. That's about (laughs) what my kids might be able to handle. So I'll see, I'll check that out on YouTube. Cool. Um, yeah. So Thursday, like for me, uh, I hadn't seen that. I'll have to go check it out. He is a very nice guy. He, uh, he retweeted something uh, that I, I shared earlier. Uh, just very kind. It was one of those things is like, you know, myself, along with many other people, have lost a lot of income during during this time. Uh, an easy free way that you could help me out is to go subscribe to YouTube because like, you know, like we can begin monetizing that once that we get we hit our certain numbers. Yeah. And I was like, look, you know, I know everybody doesn't have money. It's, it, it feels strange to ask for money right now. But hey, if you can go subscribe, you could help me get money without you even spend in a penny, right? So I, I sent that out and he, he retweeted it. So it's funny that you brought it up because it was like literally just a couple of hours ago. Um, but a couple of things that came up when Tony and I were talking was Thursday, uh, unless they hear me saying this or my wife listens to the show before Thursday night, which she probably won't. She's usually a couple of days behind because she does, she's tired of listening to me. Uh, but uh, I'm going to watch the feet of my family on Thursday night because uh, I have the three little kids, you know, uh, my son will be seven on Sunday, but you know, six, five and two, I'm going to wash their feet. I'm gonna wash my wife's feet on yeah. Thursday, Friday. I'm praying the stations of the cross. And for those of you that didn't see from the last podcast, father Anthony and I uh, recorded for the podcast and on YouTube, the stations of the cross that a, a friend and I wrote a decade ago, we were in college writing it for people our age then. And so now that I'm old, I went back to this old material. I'm like, hey, look, young people, this is something that I did for, for, for you back in the day. Um, so th- those you can check out on, on YouTube and, and on the podcast. But uh, I'm praying those with my students on Friday. Uh, and then Sunday, we're just going to celebrate. Oh, the other thing that he said, uh, because you were talking about content and that sort of thing, too. Um, Friday he was like, we're going to, we're going to shut off all screens from 12 to three on Ooh, Friday. I like I, that. I need that. Cause I've been in front of a screen since this quarantine started. Yeah. So th- those were kind of my ideas um, to go along with what you'd said. 
I love that, dude. My wife actually mentioned wanting to do the washing of the feet. And I forget if that's in Father Stephen's uh, thing or not. But uh, she had this great idea to take it up a notch to like have the, our family wash each other's feet who we struggle with the most. Um, and so like, she's washing my feet and, and, like, and I'll wash like, you know, you know, Kayla, Zach's feet or whatever and kind of like do it with the person that we struggle with most, which I thought was kind of fun. Isn't that kind of mean, though? Because then when you go to wash their feet, you're serving them and also saying, I don't like you. No, I, I don't think we're going to share that. I think we're just going to do it. And then her and I will know. That's funny. Why we're doing it. I don't like you, but here, uh, here's some water to put on your feet that doesn't actually clean anything. We all know that's what Jesus actually did when he washed their feet, right? Like, yeah, I don't he, like any of you right now, but I do love you. Here. He just watched Judas's feet 12 times. Yeah, it was, mis, it was mis, uh, misreported on. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're doing this Holy Week. It is difficult. It does feel weird. Like, I don't feel like it's Holy Week at all. Holy Week is my favorite week. I, I love I love Easter. Like, when it comes to, like, you know, usually people's favorite holidays are Christmas or Easter like that are practicing Catholics. Unless you're, like, Irish and like to drink, then it's St. Patrick's Day, and that was just recently as well. So you can be included, I guess. But, like, I'm more of an Easter guy than Christmas guy. It's like, this is the point. Like, this is when we were all saved, and he did everything, and he gave us all the sacraments, and then he rose again, which is so baller. And, like, and it's just, it's just like, it's just another week at home. You know, it just, it doesn't feel as special. So I'm hoping that, like, these things that I've picked up from, from, from Tony and the ideas that you just shared, that uh, I'll be able to enter into it and, like, actually pray during Holy Week. That would be nice. Yeah, I'm going to try, man. I'm going to try to make Thursday as special as possible because Holy Thursday is like my jam for the last few years. It has rekindled my love for the Eucharist. The whole entire parish staying together for adoration for a while is just something I kind of wish would happen every week. Um, and so it's going to be weird not having that. All right. So that's our Holy Week thing. Um, you have you have a couple of other things that you that you brought up. Uh I, I, I want you to share your, your take about content, John. And here's the thing. Like, I, I've gone back and forth on this. Uh, I would say my, here are my two biggest points maybe so far. Uh, one is that it is important if you have a, a community gathered around you, whether it's in person or online, um, particularly on social media, though, you have a group of people that enjoy your takes, like it when you tweet about what your thoughts are about COVID-19, what you're doing with isolation, all these things. That's good. They want to hear from you. Um, I, I had a lot of people on my stream early on a couple years ago be like, uh, what does the church teach about gay marriage? And I'd be like, well, here's a great video from Father Mike Schmitz. And they're like, I don't know Father Mike Schmitz. I want to hear from you because I've, I, you, I have your trust and you have my trust right. now. So I get it. I get that we need to uh, serve our communities. I also think that, that people should try to uh, par participate in their mass at the, as, as best as they're able if their mass is live streaming. Um, and I'm also thankful for the priests that are live streaming for the whole world in case parishes aren't. So I get it, but it also kind of a little bit feels like sometimes in the Catholic world right now, people are like, now is my time to shine. Like now is my time. Like now I don't have to go to work every day. So I might as well produce content um, and try to make it, if you will. And it's kind of easy to tell who's doing that and who isn't, or maybe I'm a jerk and it's not, and I should stop judging. Um, but I do think there's too much content. Uh, and, and part two of what of this uh, is that this has been a thought of mine for a long time anyway that like one of the things that happens and you'll start seeing this because I, I think that you're doing a great job. I obviously love being on your podcast. I hang out in your stream more than I hang out in most people's streams on <laughs> Mixer. And so it's been a lot of fun, like interacting in, in that way. And you've been thinking about doing that for a long time anyway. Right. Um, but there's some, it, it, you'll start to notice, bro, like in your own chat, when you're streaming, like people, people will be really like, they'll follow you. They'll chat a lot. They'll be great. And they'll be like, Oh, I can do this. And so the, and then all of a sudden they're like in your stream and they're like, yo, check my channel out. I started streaming. 
and not everyone is called to do it. Um, and I think that we're supposed, I, I, myself, every month I have to pray about whether or not I can still do this. There's been months where I'm like, maybe not. And so I've streamed way less uh, and months where I've streamed more because it, it feels like God's calling me to it. And so I think uh, it'd be good for everyone, myself included, to take a step back and be like, what am I supposed to be doing? What does God actually want me to do? Or who should I be lifting up um, that might be doing something better than me? Um, or sharing it in a way that would make sense. And so I've been trying to host people more in my stream, like uh, send people over to Mrs. Ruby or send people over to whoever is on, uh, point people to Father Harrison's channel when he's doing his theology talks. Just try to lift other people up because we do need more people creating good content. But right now it's hard to sift through the good and the bad. Yeah, I, I have, uh, I, I run, and you're, you kind of did it too. Like I run the gamut of takes on this, right? Where uh, one of the biggest things that I, one of the biggest takes that I despise in the, in the Catholic world is Catholic speakers telling people not to be Catholic speakers. It's, yes. the most, it's the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like you can't tell people not to do something that you're doing. Now, balancing that with on the same side where it's like, do you have the talent to do this? And it's like, okay, because like I, I look at, at, at you as, as like the king Catholic streamer. Right. And there are other people that have that have started streaming uh, who are Catholic, who, who have done well and other people that that not not as well. Right. And uh, hopefully I'm somewhere in between there. I'm nowhere close to the king, but hopefully I'm not terrible. And it's one of those things where it's like, OK, do I feel like I have the skills to do this? Yes. But then I do it and I feel like I don't sometimes you know, like I, I don't like it's not my main thing. Podcasting is my main thing. Right. Um, but um, at the same I, I, I do appreciate that people are trying. That that's kind of, that's that's I think that's the base where my take comes from, even with frustration surrounding it. Right. I appreciate that people are trying because there are so many people constantly, quote unquote, creating content locally for their parishes and doing a good job there. Right. Youth ministers, DREs, RCA people, whatever. Um, and now we don't have access to that. So we do have more time to create things. And the only place to do that is online. Now, the other side of me says. Well, now everybody's listening to the new stuff, and I've seen my numbers drop, uh, drop a little bit. I'm like, well, dang it, you know? Um, but on the on the plus side, my average numbers are going down, but I'm getting more downloads because I'm able to create more content. You know what I mean? So like, it's like there's pluses and minuses um, to all of it. And so I, 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 the biggest thing that is getting me through, like being a creator that's been a creator for a long time, that not just starting during, you know, the quarantine is I'm reading a book right now on on like how to podcast and it's it's it goes from like basics all the way up to like expert stuff because I've been doing this for a lot a long time but I'm also helping people get started so I'm trying to get better at both of those things right yeah. and uh 60 percent of podcasts are defunct they, they haven't created a new episode in a year and I think that number will skyrocket when everybody goes back so <laughs> when everybody goes back to work everything will be fine <laughs> yep no, that's, that's, that's good points, bro. Uh, and, and I want to reiterate too, like I'm, I'm right there with you. I, uh, I don't think at one should ever seek fame for any reason. Um, and so I, I always try to lean towards, maybe that's a Catholic speakers me when they say don't become one, but at the same time, like, no, some people are called to do that and we need good ones. Uh, and we, and we need way more Catholic streamers right now. Like we need, it needs to be inundated. So I'm right there with you of being, being proud of that growing. Um, and then also just feeling like we all need a digital spiritual director <laughs> to make sure yeah, we're yeah, like yeah. Doing, doing what we're actually called to do. And it's not sacrificing other, other areas of our life. 
Well, the good thing is I do have some news to announce in regards to digital spiritual directors. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I recently became the digital spiritual director for someone. Did you see this? No, I did not see this. I see everything you post. How have I not seen this? Uh, well, it's because it was hidden in the comments of a friend of ours whose Twitter is now locked down. So it might uh, not okay. have been pushed up. I am now. I would like to announce that I am now the digital spiritual director of Father Anthony Sharafa. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Pray you, my friend. <laughs> and I didn't give... I I did not bequeath this title to myself. It was bequeathed upon me by Father Anthony himself in a, a conversation gift. of me and a bunch of other priests. <laughs> it is your gift and it is now your curse. Exactly. Oh, it's his curse for sure, too. So uh, I think my, my last thought uh, before, before we're going to wrap up this thought, just kind of circling back on the, the Easter week that isn't or what it, that's kind of what I've been calling it. But it's like it's not a normal Easter week, but it's still. Like, Jesus is still going to rise. Like, he's, he's still risen. Like, you know, we're weird Catholics with this time thing. He rose 2,000 years ago, but, like, on Sunday, we're like, he is risen, you know, <laughs> uh, whatever. But, um, like, I've been connecting a lot with the apostles on Saturday morning, where it's like they're literally just waiting for Jesus to come back. They're just waiting. They're terrified. They don't know what's going on. Uh, life is straight. Like, their life was just wrecked. Everything that they've been doing for the last three years, the man they were following is gone. And I, sometimes I feel like Jesus left. Like, my joke this whole time is kind of half a joke. I think Jesus took a sabbatical. Like, where? Like what's going on, you know? <laughs> but, like, I'm connecting with the apostles on Saturday of, like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. And, and I'm hoping that through this Holy Week, I'll experience the risen Jesus on Sunday just like they did. Amen, dude. That's beautiful. You're beautiful. All right. Um, I, I would say we would be right back, but I already told you that John isn't coming back for, for this interview. Uh, but, John, you will be back, and we're going to go through all of your takes uh, in our final segment. So, everybody, do not go anywhere, or I will probably cry real tears. And I'll actually talk about crying real tears in the final segment. Don't go anywhere, because I'm about to talk to Lauren Montgomery of the Catholic Commons Podcast. John, I'm looking at a picture of you with your beard here. How's your beard doing these days? Uh, it's a little bit trimmed. I'm trying to grow it out, but it's a little scraggly. Well, uh, you know what could help with that, right? What's that? Some Catholic Beard Balm Co. products. Ooh. Ooh, that you can smell better, and maybe your wife will want to spend some time with you. It'll grow out nice and luscious, be very soft to the, to the touch, but still very <laughs> manly all at the same time. ForteCatholic.com slash beard will get you 11% off, and it's getting cold. You can get some lip balm, whether you're a male or a woman or your, or your coach, Patricia. Either way. I love it. I'm buying it right now. Do it. ForteCatholic.com slash beard for 11% off. Welcome back to Forte Catholic, the game where everything is made up and the points don't matter. Um, by the end of this segment, we'll see who has won. If it is me, oh my guest, Lauren Montgomery. You know who has absolutely lost, though. Uh, this show has been brought to you by Technical Difficulties. Um, you'll notice that my co-host, John Blevins, is not here because he is having technical difficulties. Uh, but the good news is Lauren and I didn't have any technical difficulties at all. Everything went perfectly well. It was pristine. We hopped on the call and just started talking. That's exactly what happened. That's right. That's how it usually goes with me, Christine. <laughs> Everything's perfect always. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you. Uh, Lauren Montgomery, <laughs> welcome to the show. It's nice to have you here. Um, let's tell the people how we met. So uh, we met because I produced your podcast. You started a podcast just a couple of months ago called The Catholic Commons, and I'm enjoying producing it. Now, most people just listen to podcasts, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a fan of this podcast or that podcast. I listen to your podcast like five times 
when I'm editing. Like I, I hear and not like all the way through. I just hear you say the same things over and over and over again. And yet somehow I still like you. Um, so, so that's the real miracle here. Well, now I'm just really not sure if I like you. So well, good. Uh, well, that, that's that's usually most people's experience of being on the show, listening to the show. You're fitting right in. So I like to repeat myself. So I have I'm pretty much all day I spend with toddlers. So I'm used to doing that. So maybe that's why I do it in the podcast. (laughs) You're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I don't hear you repeat things because you're repeating them. I hear them over and over again Uh because I'm going back and editing and listening as an editor. Most people listen to podcasts. I internalize everything. I could recite back to you many of the things that you have said because I've heard it so many times in editing, making sure it sounds all pristine and pretty. You're doing a great job. I love the Catholic Commons. Why don't you tell people a little bit about it? Well, I started the podcast because I feel like there's a need, especially within our Catholic church, uh, for people to be catechized, properly catechized. Um, I think a lot of our catechism courses, if we even received really anything worthwhile happened when we were really young uh, for those of us who are cradle Catholics. And even if you're not a cradle Catholic, if you're a convert coming into the faith later in life, you know, you will get like eight, nine months of formation. And then it's like, you're on your own. And so my idea was to go back to the foundations and really build upon that and just help people understand the teachings of our faith. Because, you know, when you look at things like the Eucharist, um, when 30% of practicing Catholics believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist, I mean, something's missing there, something's wrong, we're not getting the true teachings of our faith. And to believe and to properly live our faith, you need to understand it. So that's where that motivation came to start that podcast. Yeah, and, and I like it because it's essentially like online RCIA. Now, it's not a, a replacement for RCIA, but it's supplemental, and it's, a, and it's an easy way for people to kind of get started because like you come from a background. Like How long have you been working with RCIA? Seven years. This is my seventh year. And yeah, that was the idea behind it. You know, you have I, in RCIA, you have people coming to learn about the faith, discerning whether or not they're going to enter into the church. But they also bring a lot of Catholics with them to, you know, help them along their their journey. But I hear from those Catholics, like, wow, I haven't heard this for a really long time, or it's so great to have the refresher. And so the podcast is more geared primarily at Catholics who just need that refresher or need that understanding that they've never been given before. So you've been doing RCIA for seven years. I've been married for seven years. And I think I, it's safe for me to say that you are better at RCIA than I am at marriage in that same, same amount of time. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, and I've been married about the same amount of time. And I would say I'm completely perfect at marriage. It's <laughs> like we said, pristine. everything. <laughs> yeah. So uh, whenever you, you definitely weren't having uh, tech problems earlier, uh, your husband no, came in no. to definitely not help because that didn't help. That didn't happen. Um but I, I got to meet your husband, which is funny because I've heard him in the back. Like you and I talk about your podcast because I'm I'm working on it in the background. And we're talking about stuff, and I hear him in the background. But today was the first time we actually met, so I'm glad he's real. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I purposefully messed up everything with the microphone yeah. so you could meet my husband. It's just like the, the my big fat Greek wedding. It's like as long yes. as as long as the guys think it's their idea, it's fine. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, okay. So I was talking about how we met and I know we met because of the podcast, but how did that happen? I I don't even remember. How did we get connected? Facebook. I mean, uh, the Catholic creative group really opened up that door for me, which is really great because I saw that there was this platform for you to go and kind of say, okay, these are my needs. And for a long time for me to actually put that out into the world and say, I'm in need of somebody to help me, like was really daunting. And so I was really appreciative that that we had that platform. Um, and I think I, that I needed help with editing and you responded right away. 
Well, good. I, I'm glad my addiction to being on my phone has been helpful for the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, you I like. I like how you had to add. You responded right away because everybody. Yes. Everybody knows that's Instantly. what happened. Instantly. But <laughs> it's good that you affirmed it. Uh, okay, that's so funny. you've you've been running this podcast for. Uh, we've been working on it. I mean, since the fall, and it, and it just released. So people need to go follow it. The Catholic Commons. Uh, and I, I like how uh, like. When I tell the story about how my show started, it's like it was a response to most shows were apologetics based. And I was like, okay, there needs to be something new. Like there's something kind of missing, more kind of entertainment based, um, conversational based, that sort of thing. And now you're saying that, you know, it's like, okay, we need to uh, we we need some more catechesis. So what's wrong with my show that you needed to start your own? (laughs) Nothing. That's the thing is I, I there's so many podcasts that I love. I consider myself kind of a Catholic podcast junkie. Um, and you know, what I recognize in, especially in teaching RCIA and, and really seeing this kind of void that people who are Catholics, like, I I just feel like when you're listening to Catholic podcasts, a lot of the times you kind of have to already be a part of the conversation. You need to understand terms like Trinity and incarnation and like real presence in the Eucharist. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that people are dumb or simple minded. It's just, you just have to be a part of the conversation. And if you're not, those just aren't as appealing to someone like me who eats it up. And so, and that's the tricky thing with my podcast, because I'm putting it out there for people who aren't, who haven't received this proper catechesis, but then it's like putting it out there, like maybe somebody will find it and listen (laughs) to it who needs this. But if you're not looking for it again, it's kind of a, a weird area to be reaching out to. But that's just what I kind of sense from it. Yeah, and I I like it too. I I like that the difference there in like there are, there are like all of the apologetic stuff. I do, I think you're right. It's like they're asking high high level questions that honestly most of them I don't care about. You know, it's like well when when the Pope said this about this saint, did this saint mean this? And it's like I, I don't I don't care. You know, but like yeah. when it comes to like you know, you're you're doing like basic tenets of the faith, just like RCA and RCA is like one of my favorite ministries in the church. The church actually says that all ministries should be based off of RCAA and so few people, uh, like the, the method of, of discipleship and the method of, of teaching people and bringing them into the church should be the model for youth ministry and for adult ministry. And, and it's, it's lacking. I just see it's lacking. And I, I had a one-on-one RCAA class in grad school, like how to do RCAA. It was the best thing in the world. Uh, it was just me and, and the professor. We got to sit, sit there and hang out and talk. And most of my talks that I'm giving on like content-based stuff, you know, like a teaching on this on a sacrament or on a church teaching, I, I actually use an RCIA manual that I got oh, from uh, when I was in grad school, and I use that as as my as the basis of it. And I I love like it's, it's interesting because like this show is kind of dumbed down um, in a different like not in, a, in a different way. Like it's like let, let's 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 meet people like who who aren't like you know people who have doctorates in theology. Let's just meet the re- mm-hmm. kind of regular person that's sitting in the church and you're doing the same kind of thing, but also the regular person sitting in church, but also the person who's like, I, what I like about your show is like, even going to RCA can be daunting for people who aren't Catholic, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let me try this out. Let me do the online version <laughs> with Lauren. And then, uh, and then we'll go from there. And yeah. And, and that's what I, I think, you know, and I've had a couple of people reach out to me, like I'm agnostic and I just stumbled upon your podcast and it's like, Yes, that's what I'm kind of hoping that you can get this even when, you know, I've talked to people who have gone through the RCIA process and say, I can't even step into a church like and to to be missing out on this beauty and this truth just because you're afraid to step into a church like that's so unfortunate. But the fortunate thing is that we have 
we have technology. I mean, look at us right now. We can, can't go anywhere, but we can sit down and have a conversation. So that's really amazing that you can use these tools to really help, you know, just educate people on the teachings of the faith, which are so beautiful and so rich. Yeah. Uh, I, I like how you're like, it's so easy to just get connected with technology after we definitely didn't have any <laughs> oh, problems. <stop. laughs> I'm never going to live that down. That's no, right. you won't. Uh, th- that's how things work here. I'm like an elephant. I always remember. I think that's a thing. Yeah, I, I think an elephant never forgets. That's right. And I'm like an elephant in many ways, but we won't get into that, uh, especially after sitting in this chair every day for the last t- month. Um <laughs> So I, I had to laugh whenever, whenever you were like, okay, this is my first time being a guest on a podcast, which honestly I'm surprised by. Um, but uh, when, when I was asking like what topic you wanted to cover, I had to laugh, not because the topic was funny, but because how very different you are responding to this crisis than I am. Um, That's you were like, okay, okay, how are you responding? <laughs> uh, the first thing you said, let's talk about how we're all kind of being forced into a monastic life. And I'm like, no one told me that. <laughs> And frankly, my prayer life has been terrible. I'm a bad monk. I'm not meant for these times. So I'm proud of you for living the monastic life. But I think that's an unfair assumption because I definitely haven't been living a monastic life. That's my true confessions because confessions are closed. So now I'm doing it on a podcast with uh, Lauren Montgomery. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, so what I mean by this is, and yeah, maybe that is a bit much like, oh, we're forced into a monastic life. But I guess I see, you know, I think about what Bishop Barron always said with praying in your car, because, you know, there's this like, oh, you can't pray in a car, you're, you're out and about and busy. But I really appreciated that he called it like a little monastic cell, like you're kind of shut off from the world. And so when I say we're like forced into the monastic life, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, everything that distracts us, everything that really takes our attention away from our relationship with God is kind of being taken away from us. I mean, inside the house, we still have things like TV and internet and computer, all of those things. But even those things, I think we're going to start to see over the next month is that they don't satisfy us. Like they will leave us restless and pulling our hair out and just like super frustrated with what's going on. But if we kind of pay attention and tune into the fact that like, this is an opportunity that we're being given despite how horrible it is at times to feel like our freedom is being taken away and that there's like this threat outside that a lot of us are being directly affected by, um, but also indirectly in so much as we have to work from home. But, you know, in that way, you know, what was the monastic life characterized by, you know, quiet, silent, solitude away from the world. And so I think in that way, we can kind of tap into that and not so much just like, say, oh, I, I'm such a monk, I live such a prayer, holy life, a prayerful, holy life, but we can look at how they lived and come to see the order that they live by and take that into our life. And I think that can really transform us, you know? Yeah. So, so silence and solitude, I've actually been really good at in the sense of, I lock myself in this room and I play the video games you say, but aren't satisfying me, which they're not. <laughs> And uh, make sure that it's silent. And, so, and and I have solitude by locking that door so that my kids can't get in. That's where you Violence and I are different. And solitude from my family. Right, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm not very good at this whole monastic life thing. That's um, so You're definitely holier than me. And I, I, I think you said something where it was like, you know, we're, we have this opportunity with all this time. And there's been, there's been parts of me that I've been using this opportunity to catch up on things that have been on my plate for a long time that I haven't had time to do 
So I've been going mm-hmm. like w- when it comes to like professional things. So I've been able to like work on some some projects that have just been on the back burner for forever. I've been able to spend more time with my wife, spend more time with my kids when I'm not locked in this room. But I've been able to like catch up on like even entertainment wise. I've been able to to rest and catch up on shows and catch up on video games. Like I just I just beat a video game that came out 16 years ago. Like I'm a little behind, you know, a little you behind. did it. I did it. Um, <laughs> my prayer life is very bad whenever I don't have structure and like dates and times have disappeared for me. They don't exist anymore. Cause we're all just stuck here. I, I have no idea what today is. I have no idea what time it is. I have no idea. Um, I'm eating lunch at like 5 PM. Like there's just nothing. Like I, I have no order in my life. And like the first thing to go when I don't have order is sleep and my prayer life. And so I, I've been, I've been struggling with this, this, uh, my monastic cell. I, I have too many distractions in my monastic cell. See, but that's funny that you say that because when I say monasticism, that doesn't mean that you have to get rid of any of that. But like the monastic life is about establishing order in your household, in your everyday life. You know, you talk about calendars and dates and deadlines that you have, but that's not really what I'm talking about. Like if you look at the way that the monks lived, according to the rule of St. Benedict, you know, they had a a set time during their day, chunks of time for prayer, chunks of time to go outside and and garden or do something that they enjoy doing outside, Um, chunks of time to eat, to be quiet, like all of these things fell into the order of their day. And I think, you know, why I say it's such an opportunity right now to recognize those areas where it's like, okay, well, I'm really struggling with that. And I think you can more easily now, more clearly recognize your weaknesses. Like, oh, well, for me, well, I'm clearly scrolling too much on my phone. I, and it's bringing me anxiety and bringing me this like frustration when I need to like figure out how to properly manage my day a little bit better. When you figure that out, will you let me know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will. I will. I'll write a book or something. <laughs> we, uh, so it was yesterday I was sitting down and, uh, I was playing video games with like my son was there. So he and I were kind of hanging out and like literally lost track of time. And then uh-huh. I, I got up and my wife happened to get up at the same time. Like she was in her side of the house. I was in mine and we met in the middle and we were like, well, what are we going to do about lunch? And we looked at the time and we're like, it's 6 30 PM. <laughs> what do you mean lunch? We, we, we had breakfast at like 11. So it is kind of funny how we're dealing with this and like, we're fine and happy. It's just very different. So the, the last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to this monastic life, whenever you, whenever you were mentioning this, one thing that I have never pictured uh, right when you said it, the, I laughed at myself at how terrible I am at being a monk, which is why I didn't choose that life. The second thing, the reason I laughed was because, uh, you know, you're, you were the one mentioning it. You were saying, oh, this monastic life we're all forced into. And I think my favorite thing that has happened uh, in this quarantine was a video you did with your kids a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> y'all were jumping on the sofa to the song Jump Around. And picturing monks or monastic people doing that was the funniest mental picture I've ever had in my entire That's life. That's so funny. You know, okay, I want to emphasize that I don't mean that you have to be a monk. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying we can learn from the monastic way of life. Like to have rule and order in your life, that I think leads to happiness. And you don't do it like a monk does. There is room to jump on your couch to jump around. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's room for you to live your life as you live it. You know, we're all different. None of us are monks. None of us are. I'm not a nun. I have three kids. It would be impossible to be 
like a monk and to sit in silent prayer all day. I was just talking to my son the other day about this because he was like, we were talking about prayer and heaven and what it would be like. And he's like, I don't think I'm really want to go to heaven yet because I just don't want to sit around and pray all day. And I said, Oh, that's, that's not what heaven, you know, what I guess I explained it to him, like, you know, to be a Christian, to be one with Christ is to order your day. Like your whole day is a prayer. So whether you're playing or chewing bubble gum or jumping on the couch or like all of that, you're aware of the presence of God in your life. And so what I'm saying is it's not so much about realizing that, you know, I need to pray in solemn silence all day long. Like that's literally impossible for us, but to begin to recognize the presence of God in our everyday life. Like, and we can do that in whatever way that means. And I think right now too, that speaks to all the anxiety and fear that every one of us is probably dealing with. I mean, I think that's a very real thing that we can all agree with that all of this is weighing heavy because we don't know where it's going. We don't know you know, what's going to happen and how bad this can all get and really affect us. And that's stressful. And so when you do, when you are aware of the presence of God in your life now, that makes everything a little bit easier, you know? And the thing that's going to get me through this quarantine is the mental image that someday after I spend many, many eons in purgatory, uh, my heaven, uh, part of it will be you and I jumping on clouds to jump around together. So uh, Lauren, uh, the host of the Catholic Commons podcast, go check it out. Thanks for your time today, Lauren. It was great hanging out with you. Thank you, Taylor. All right, guys, we'll be right back for our final segment of the day. We'll see if we can get John back. Who knows? The internet is interneting. We'll be right back. Hey, John. What's up? I hear that you sang at a concert recently. I did. I, I did sing at a concert. Okay. Well, I need you to just follow along. Yeah, I haven't prepped you for this, but I need you to just uh, repeat after me. Are you ready? Not repeat uh, after me, but you'll know exactly how to follow along. Are you ready? You'll know exactly how to follow along. Are you ready? Yes. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. Well, maybe you should put on some socks. But baby, it's cold out. Wait, what? No, you're doing great. <laughs> Well, that died. ForteCatholic.com slash socks for 15% off your next pair of socks so you can look cool and not be cold this winter. Mm. Mm. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll, and Jonathan Blevins is back with me. I'm so happy you're back, buddy. It's I'm nice. Back. <laughs> Baby, I'm back. Yeah. Uh oh, dude! You're showing off your tattoo. Look at you go! <laughs> I'm waving my kids away from the window. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, kids. How are you? Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds just like him. Thank you. So yeah, though that was. Uh, I know that you're a musician. Like you were like the Catholic worship leader. You're like, oh yes, I'm holy, but I used to have a rough life. I <laughs> yeah, have I have a past. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, we we want to get into some of your takes um, that that you have here today. I'm glad you have them pulled up. I do. So here's the thing. Uh, okay, we'll let you go first. We'll let you kind of run this thing. Thoughts on Tiger King? Everybody else is talking about it, so we have to, I guess. Yeah, the world is talking about it. When I first saw the preview, I was like, I'm not watching this. Uh, it looks weird. Like the tigers seem cool, but it just it looks weird. And then I saw the reaction online, and I was like, Oh man, like there there's something here. So I decided to watch it with my wife. I had to convince her and just be like, well, you're watching one episode. I promise you, you're going to love it. We liked making a murderer. You're going to like this too. It's crazy. 
Um, it, it is insane. Like it, you could have been like, John, this is gonna be the craziest show you've ever seen. And I would have been like, uh, we'll see. And every episode gets crazier and crazier. You're like, there's no way this could get crazier. And then it gets even crazier. Here's the thing though. I just got done watching Ozark as well. Uh, and I don't, I'm not recommending that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're offended by lang strong language and stuff, but it's an incredible, like fun show, uh, very suspenseful. And you, you watch the, the, a show like that or a show like Breaking Bad or a show like you name it, uh, even just CSI. And you're like, man, this is how real crime is in America. <laughs> uh, and, and then you watch Tiger King and you're like, oh, man, no, this is actually how real crime is in America. <laughs> like a dude owns a zoo, is bad at it, hates someone who's doing the same thing. She might have may or may not have killed her husband. And then he tries to kill her and is in jail. Like that is probably more accurate to what crime looks like than Ozark and Breaking Bad. Yeah, but you'll never convince me that it's better to watch than those other two things that you listed. <laughs> Probably not, but bro, you got to watch it because it's insane. It no, is I, insane. Here's my take, and this is why I let you go first. I'm never watching it. I refuse. I think no. the, the insanity is ridiculous around it. I think if we weren't all stuck at home, nobody would be watching it. I, I, I'm so, I don't understand. I'm not going to watch it. You have to watch it. No, Taylor, everyone's it watching is it. You have to watch it, bro. Joe Joe Exotic is the the single most entertaining person I have watched in the last ten years, and a horrific. And I pray for him. That's how I feel every time I watch your stream. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's such a compliment. <laughs> no, okay. So, uh, like I mentioned in the first segment, uh, you know who's with me on this is my new spiritual directee, Father Anthony. He said, "I don't know what a Tiger King is, but it sounds sinful," and I'm totally with him. <laughs> It is a it is, but I don't see how it's any more sinful than like you know Breaking Bad or something. Here's it. Here's the thing. If I'm going to watch something that I shouldn't, <laughs> I, it's at least going to be good, good and scripted. <laughs> That's probably true. I, I would say this though: Tiger King's probably PG, maybe PG. It's PG thirteen. Whereas there are shows that are rated R. But I hear you. It's real, and so, but you just, I mean, it's nuts. It, watch it at the very least, Taylor, to pray for him. No, 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 no. <laughs> I refuse uh, to watch it. I refuse to pray for him. I refuse to have anything to do with this thing. <laughs> Let me just tell you one thing then, okay? There are people that work for him for less than $20 a week, live in a trailer with rats, and have their arms bitten off by animals and decide to continue to live with him. You know what that's called? Cult. A death cult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But it's crazy. It's like, why do they love him so much? Oh, it's weird, dude. Oh, man. The Catholic Church is against cults. This has been a PSA from Fourth Eye Catholic. Yes, amen. <laughs> okay. So, you know what I've been doing? Uh, you actually, you, you mentioned that you stopped by the stream the other day. Um, what I've been doing, John, is instead of watching new things that are terrible, I've been going back and doing things that are awesome that I never part partook in, partake, have partaken in, partook. I don't know how to say that sentence. Go on. Go on. Please go on. Uh, partook and partake. So I have been going back and playing. I've, I've never – you are a huge Halo fan. And oh, yeah. you've been putting – the like you and Brian Montfort and a few other people have just been putting this bug in my ear. I got to go play Halo. I got to pl go play Halo. And I, I, I never had the time, right? Now that excuse is gone for everything. And I'm doing better at it and catching up on entertainment than I am for my spiritual life. But that's a whole other – that's a whole other segment. <laughs> um, but, like, I played through Halo – 
one last month. I played through Halo 2, and I just beat it this week. Um, I'm going back and catching up on the Flash and the Arrow universe. Like, these are all good things that I'm catching up on because I never have time, and they're always in my backlog, and I get stressed out when things are in my backlog. And now I'm enjoying these great things, and everybody's like, oh, look, a Tiger King. And I start playing Halo 2, and everybody's <laughs> like, those are some of my greatest memories from my childhood. I'm like, you're welcome, world, stupid Tiger King. <laughs> you're kind of a hero. <laughs> I am a hero. You know what? Uh, and you just you just segmented perfectly into the next the next thing I wanted to talk about. As I do, um, and it, it involves heroes, uh, and I am I am not the hero in this story because once again I, I only ever seem to talk about this with you, but I cried like teared up, real tears, like couldn't say words without being like I have my heart, you know, uh, twice this week watching television. You finally watched Lion. Lion, the greatest saddest movie of all time conversation for another time what did you watch <laughs> i was like the lion king the tiger king what are we talking about <laughs> no there's a movie called lion about a, ma- a boy who lost his brother in india uh, a long time ago he gets adopted almost killed he's looking for his brother it is heart-wrenching based on a true story watch the movie it won a lot of awards no <laughs> <laughs> called lion okay so uh, what made no. you cry this is us the the, the first one um the first one and this doesn't involve heroes but it involves uh crying Onward. I watched Onward with my family. Have you watched Onward with your family yet? I have yet? not watched it. Oh, okay. man. I've oh. heard so many good things. It's so good. It's so heartfelt. It's so heartfelt, dude. And it's one of those things that, like, usually with kids' movies, like, I know, like, we're, we're grown adults. We know where the story is going, right? There have been a couple of stories where I didn't know where they were going when it got, like, Inside Out wrecked me. Yeah. And I haven't felt that way about a, like an animated sh- movie in a long time. Onward, it's like they knew that me as an adult, it's like they knew where I thought the story was going. They knew exactly where I thought all these story beats were going to lead to. And then it went somewhere else and it broke me in a good way. I was just like, this is so beautiful. You need in to a, watch it, dude. In a good way, it broke you. It did. It was, it was beautiful. Um, uh, so like things that I can say that aren't spoilery, is like I mean just just from the from the trailer right we all like the 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 father has passed away um that that is that's in the trailer that's not spoiling anything yep. but so like there's there's a couple people in my life who have lost their dad so watching it with them in mind like it was extreme it, it was like hurtful but then also like there was redemption and like beauty at the end and like the it, it's like it was meant that movie was made for people like that where it was like we understand your pain and here's here's some beauty even within the pain. Like it was, it was awesome. Wow. It was really special. So I, I teared up uh, doing that. We watched it as a whole family and my best friend who is like my daughter's godfather, he wanted to watch it with us. So he FaceTimed in. So he was on a 2d screen and my son held him the entire movie. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's adorable. Uh, the other one involved heroes. And this actually is going to get into a a, a spiritual conversation because I learned every time I tear up at something, what I've learned since I started talking about it with you and I started talking about it with somebody really holy on my staff uh, about a year ago. And the biggest thing that she told me, and I think you told me uh, something similar, where it's like, why? Why was that thing the thing that made me tear up, right? Um, and yep. I think for, for Onward, it was because I know people that are in that situation and just like the beauty of family and, and siblings and relationships. Okay, cool. Um, I was watching The Flash and the Arrow. Have you watched those shows, ever kept up with them at any point? No, I have not. I'm big into Marvel, the Marvel stuff, but I haven't seen those ones. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely more of a Marvel guy, but like the TV, the Ar- Arrow is my favorite. Is like one of my favorite television shows of all time. Ooh. 
and and it's coming to an end. Or actually, it already has come to an end, just not on Netflix yet. So spoilers a little bit for uh, this. This happened a year ago, and I know what I know what's going to happen essentially. But essentially, here's the thing: they they go in, and and here's the arrow who comes from this. Like, there's a lot of pain, but he's uh, you know, he, he kind of he doesn't have any powers. It's all fighting through pain, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I need to to protect those that I love, and I'm gonna fight through this. But he like he like when he, his first the first year he was like killing bad guys, like the whole thing with like Batman, like oh I'm not gonna kill people, and they could just go to yeah. jail and they come back out. He was killing them, you know, and it was like, dude, this is different, <laughs> you know, like a superhero like killing people. And then he stops doing that, but he's still like he's still willing to do things that aren't necessarily good for the common or for a greater good, which is like an interesting thing. It's like not Catholic, but it's me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the Flash is more like straight laced. Like so, essentially, it was like I feel I I connect a lot with Arrow, where it's like I'm not perfect. I don't feel as holy as a lot of my friends. I don't feel as holy as a lot of people that I'm around. Uh, and it, and and. Arrow was struggling with that. He's like, well, you know, you're just so much better than me. And they started fighting, you know, the holy person and the not holy person essentially in this. And it came down to like all, everybody was going to die. Like all the heroes were going to die. A big bad came in. It was one of the like big things where all the shows come together. And the big bad was like, and Arrow went and made a deal with him. And you don't know what the deal is, but you figure it out at the end because like, you know, like the show's going to end. Yeah. Like, Ultimately, he gave his life. He he said, you know, a year. Essentially, the guy said, "I'm going to be back in a year from now," and then it cuts off. You don't really know what he says, but from context clues, you figure out in a few minutes. Like he's like, uh, like they're like, the Flash is going to die. All the good guys are going to die. Or do you have another another idea? And essentially, his idea, like it's pretty pretty much laid out. He's given up his own life to save everybody else. And I'm just like tearing up and getting goosebumps. I'm like, why is this? And it's like, I think that's because, like. As much as I talk about not being as holy as my friends, like that—that that is what I would do for the people that I love. I, I would do it for my family. I would do it for the everybody on my staff that's holier than me. Um, and I, and I think that's like it's one of those things that like I I am not as good at the day to day martyrdom, dying to myself, growing sure. in holiness every day as they are. But I would literally die for them, and like that was a cool thing for me to realize. That's an amazing thing, dude. And I believe you, bro. You, you're like, you're an all or nothing kind of guy. I, I resonate with that, which is one of the reasons I like you a lot. <laughs> like I'm pretty similar, like struggle with the day to day, but like, you know, I give the example of like when my wife and kids are gone, I sleep with the lights on dude when they're home and I hear a noise, I'm out of there. Like, like James Bond. I'm like, who, right. who was that? When I'm, alone, I'm like under the covers, like, like, like right. an hour. Uh, but like, yeah, I'm right there with you. So I resonate, but that's, that's deep stuff. Yeah, I, I was like, I, and I, I realized the tears were, or like the me, me getting choked up was because like, one, I connected with this character and he, he's meant a lot to me and he's going to die. But two, it's like, man, like maybe, maybe there is some good in me, you know? There is, Taylor. There is, <laughs> Taylor. And sometimes do you wish that you could express that without having to actually physically die for everyone, Taylor? Yeah, exactly. I was like, like and, I, and I think that was the thing is like, there are, there are a lot of people in my life that are like frustrated with me right now. And like. I'm not really good at showing that I love them. You're but like, I, I would, would die for you, though. I would literally die for them, but I can't like do that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe just so, start texting people that. I, well, I think the thing is, I, I because of that, there the a few people that were frustrated with me. I just started reaching out to them, and be like, you know what, I love you. You know, it's it's good stuff. So, yeah, thanks, thanks Arrow, stuff. for being a, a bad person like me and teaching me how to be a good person at the end of your. Hey, life. you've made me want to watch Arrow. Good. You haven't made me want to watch Tiger King. I win. Uh, <laughs> he has a mullet. Yeah, yeah gross. Okay. Um, 
the last thing, the, one of the big things that I want to get to in the last few minutes that we have here is um, that you said that hopefully churches realize what's important after this pandemic, like not bulletins. <laughs> so let's get into that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that, okay, dude. So yeah, I think, I think this pandemic in a lot of ways, I'm sure just not in the church, uh, but, it, but everywhere it's like, it's stripping away and making us ask the question, what do we need and what do we want or what are we holding on to? And as far as churches go, like, I don't want to slam bulletins. There's a, if there's elderly parishes out there where they love the bulletin and they love that subscription and it's like a magazine, fine. But like the reality, I think, which our Protestant brothers and sisters have figured out is that things are going digital and there are better ways to communicate with parishioners. Uh, and part of that is social media. And, and a lot of part of that is just streaming. So we, and it's proof in the streaming that we're not necessarily like, uh, that the elderly are not necessarily only going to use bulletins. So for instance, our parish had our, our, our uh, associate pastor give this talk last night on Twitch. Our Twitch account has three followers. There were a hundred people or 120 people watching and nobody chatting. Okay. <laughs> Most of those people are above the age of 50 and they just want to hear Father Ryan talk. And that's awesome. That's so good. But they're, they're ready and they're adapting and they're ready to, to move on from the archaic waste of paper that a bulletin can be, but also it's letting parishes hopefully start dreaming about how they're going to communicate in the future. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, dude. And that is, you know, kind of going back to our conversation in the first segment, it's like that's been one of the things that's encouraging. It's like now is an appropriate time for people to fail at this. Like everybody understands, you know, like, oh, you started a live stream. Like if, if, if a parish like yours started a live stream a year ago, tried to do that, and like it would just flop and like there wouldn't be anybody watching and because there's technical difficulties, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's being so forgiving right now. Like, you know, late night shows are recording at home. Uh, podcasts are having to do different things. You know, your, your setup is terrible. You know, like people are more forgiving of things, <laughs> of things like this. Um, so like people are working out the kinks right now in an acceptable time. And then so now whenever we like it'll be perfected or much better by the time that we're all back to like our normal lives. And I think it's just cool that the churches will be better set up to be in the digital world after this. I agree. And I, I hope that if anyone's listening to this, that like does their bulletin at their parish, like I hope that they're not offended. I hope in fact that they're inspired that like what they're doing with the talents that they have that make the bulletins so well done can be translated into something else to, uh, to serve our communities. Like I, the people I know that I've worked personally with in parishes that do bulletins are wildly talented who've been asked right. to do this bulletin. They can push that content out in other ways and are definitely capable of it. Content is king, not the tiger. So I'm, I'm very proud of us that we got wow. through this. Um, it is funny. The last thing you mentioned, uh, you know, like, like, so like my demographics on my YouTube channel have been like all like the 25 to 35 and 35 to 45. But then I just did um, this past weekend. If you haven't seen it yet, I, I did a talk for the Be Not Afraid digital conference. You can find it on, on the Forza Catholic YouTube channel. Uh, wildly the most popular video I've ever done. So I want to thank Stacey for inviting me to do that. But my demographics went for like, literally it's everyone now. Like everybody's yeah. on the internet and I'm very proud of everybody. Well, um, John, I'm especially proud of you. We did it. We got through the show. Thanks, bud. So fun. Love you, All right. bud. Love you too, man. I will be back next week. Be back then. I don't know what to say. Bye. See ya. <laughs> that was a terrible outro. <laughs> All of that's going in the recording. <laughs> that's how the show's ending. That's awesome. <laughs>
Hey, John, I know that you said that you would buy me a filet mignon, but I don't know the next time that you and I are going to see each other. So I really want to like get some more money. Yeah. How can I help? Fortecatholic.com slash Patreon is where you can go give. Other people can go give. Uh, and you can just donate to the show. I pr- I'm, I'm not going to use it to buy a filet mignon. Uh, I'll use it to buy a porterhouse. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it just covers all the costs of the show. Helps, uh, you know, like I put a lot of time and hours into this. And John just like comes in for like an hour and a half and is like, oh, look how rich I am. I eat filet mignon all the time. <laughs> Where's try- my 10% cut? Right. I'm just trying to feed my kids. So fortecatholic.com slash Patreon. That will get you access to all sorts of bonus materials like John bragging about all the food that he is eating that I don't get to eat because I'm poor. What a blessing. All right. That's the show. Thanks, Joan.